Welcome to P3 Radio. The monkey only dances as good as the guy grinding the organ handle. <laughs> brother, brother, brother. <laughs> I fly, bro. That is never stopping. Truck goes to the blank. <laughs> cool story, bro. Footy pajamas. Hey, genius. It's, three, it's 2 p.m. Central. PG3 Radio. Nope. Here's your host, Josh Friday. Get him off big, Freddy. Get him off big. Richard Mulligan. And as I put you down, my pants ripped. <laughs> it's showtime! It's showtime! It's showtime! Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of P3 Radio. I'm Richard Mulligan, joined by my co-host, the living ring of fire and best friend, Josh Briley. Say hey, Josh. Ooh, Mercy. You got that right. Ring of I've been in I've been through the burning ring of fire. <laughs> it's a burning thing. Oh, and, and it, it makes burns, burns, burns. A fiery ring. <laughs> oh, let me tell you what, man. I ha- I have been a beaten man this week and last week. Well, you shouldn't pop off like that, that to me, and you wouldn't be a beaten man. <laughs> oh, no! Uh, it's, it's, I wish it was that simple. A black eye heals a lot. Uh, a lot quicker than what I've got going on. My God. Well, episode 153. We're going to be joined by Gene Jackson in a little bit. He's a wrestler, podcaster, and comedian. We'll be joined by him directly. Directly. <laughs> when is that? Directly. Directly. <laughs> but uh, well, episode 153, man, we've, we've got a... We're not too far off from our three-year anniversary here. You're would right. It be, Isn't it not? Wouldn't it be? We're three weeks away. That's bizarre. Three weeks away from nah, our. I don't know about three weeks. Well, fifty-two we're, weeks a year. I get times it. Times three. But I'm talking about the actual date of yeah. our first show. I think it was in the middle of August, 2017. Yeah, something like that. So we got a little ways. I mean, it gets a little blurry. I bet you're, to me. I, I bet you're an asshole. Come anniversary time. No, we'll see. <laughs> I've been counting the. Oh, I guess it wouldn't work that way. I don't no, know. it wouldn't. <laughs> you have a. We don't know the specific date that we started this thing. I literally just go off when my wife starts warning me. Yeah. Like, oh, when is it? Well, shit. I guess I better go buy something now, huh? <laughs> so I don't forget. <laughs> you get warnings over that. Oh yeah, if you don't buy me something, it's gonna be on. Have you ever been like our anniversary is tomorrow, and you just let out a shit <laughs> every year? Why'd buddy? you tell me at ten thirty at night, <laughs> dude? No shit. My, um, uh, um, uh, the, well, the co-CEO of short and long construction mm-hmm. this very year, All right. he forgot until like 8 PM. He forgot your anniversary, his anniversary oh. to my like, wife's mother. Yeah. My God. And then she just casually went into his, uh, his record or his vinyl room that he's got or whatever. It's like, well, it was our day today. What? <laughs> Motherfucker! <laughs> Goes to the Walgreens or something, buys or some shit. Right. But look, granted, I can understand his dilemma. Right. They literally got married on leap year. Like, that yeah. day that disappears... So then, it's to, then, right then it's to your discretion right. when you celebrate it, and then if you're late... I mean, I'm really not late. I can, we can celebrate it tomorrow. Yeah. We didn't even have this day this year. Right. <laughs> what day He's, was it that she told him? Was it the 28th? Well, we had leap year this year, didn't we? I think we did. Yeah. So, I mean, it just threw him all the fuck out of order. He was used to doing March 1st. Yeah. That, I, or, or you She know, should the give 20, him a pass 20, for that. I think she does. Okay. 
That's a bullshit day to get married on. It is. That's I don't one know of those. Why you would do that. That's one of those. Why would I'm you trying. Set yourself I'm up? trying to be a smartass. I'm gonna get married. <laughs> oh, it's our fourth anniversary. Right, right. <laughs> I hate when people do that. Well, it never fails when somebody goes, "Today's my birthday and it's leap year." Oh, what are you for? Yeah, funny jokes, jackass. I'm 16. <laughs> I hadn't heard that before. When you celebrate your birthday, he <laughs> he. Uh, I know I kind of just did the same thing when I go, do they just celebrate it on the first? <laughs> but I mean, at <laughs> least, or. yeah, Whatever at least works I'm, out better. I'm assuming that they do something. I'm not asking a question like it's fucking rocket science. Right. <laughs> what do they do? <laughs> it's like, well, do it on March 1st. Fuck. <laughs> I'm a technical motherfucker. Okay. And if I mean, the day's not there. Birthdays are one thing. Like birthdays, you can't help. You're born when you're born. Right. You choose when to sign those papers. Yes, and that's some bullshit. Y'all couldn't wait one more week? <laughs> or a day. Yeah. Wait till the next day. Well, what was, well, do you know what year it was? Maybe they wanted to get married on a Saturday. I believe it was 1976, I think. I don't know. I, I guess we They were that. fucking teenagers when they did it. Yeah. So, you know. Did they have to go to Mississippi? No. Mississippi? No, they were 18 years old. Both of them. Oh, wait a minute. It, it works the other way. Mississippi has to come here because, like, in Mississippi, there's, like, a blood test, I think. Really? I think so. I think there were so many people getting married to each other down there that were related. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't we know. We have to give a genealogy <laughs> exam. That way we know you're not bullshit. No, I can't remember. I want to say there's a blood test that you have to do. Randy, come in here. <laughs> These motherfuckers look awfully lot alike. <laughs> like the one question is, like, y'all aren't related, are you? Swear to God, I'm not <laughs> and then it's like after Swear like the God, this ain't my first cousin. After the 500th lie, it was like we're gonna have to start blood testing these fuckers. They ain't gonna tell us the truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I think there's a blood test, but I want to say it's for like diseases or so. I don't know what it's for. But make there was, sure you're not uh, passing the uh, full body karate off to your like significant other. My my uh, in laws, my wife's mother. Is from like her family was from Mississippi, oh. so she's got a lot of extended family that live down there. And oh, I yeah. want to say the story goes like when people wanted to get married, if they were close, they would just drive up to Tennessee to avoid the blood test. And when you say they were close, you mean like uh, celebrated Christmas together, <laughs> right? <laughs> I see you about twice a year, Thanksgiving and Christmas. You, you, you developing pretty nice every time I see you. You're smiling like hell. Yeah. I'm smiling because I'm fucking, I'm genuinely happy my family's here. Yeah. But you do look good, though. Yeah, why don't we go to Tennessee and get married? <laughs> Just keep on that bullshit blood exam. No. But there is like some kind of, I think it's a blood test they have to do. I don't know what it's for. I mean, I guess it's like, you sure you won't be married to him? He's got hepatitis. <laughs> I don't know what the hell the blood test would be for, you know? I've I've heard of other places that do that too, but I thought that was just like a thing of the past. It's like here's your marriage license and your wrestling license for St. Louis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need you to get you a blood test. Though. Yeah, and I get it why they do it in wrestling. And like we've talked about that before. It's Don't like, bleed on me. Here's the funny thing: Mississippi's wrestling license. It used to be this thirty dollars. Yep. You show up and you give me $30, I'm going to hand you this piece of paper. You're not going to do a blood test? No, that's only for you for getting married to a motherfucker. <laughs> this one, you're just throwing some people around. $30. I got a spot tonight in the main where I'm going to get color and probably he's going to bite me on the $30. $30. <laughs> we'll mail something to your house. Right. We'll make it all look legit for yeah. the paperwork. Uh, I want to say Arkansas decommissioned. That's something we could talk to Gene about. They decommissioned wrestling. It's like they're they're no longer 
Uh, we'll write that down. We'll He's ask from you Alabama. That. He's from Alabama. I thought, who am I thinking of was from Arkansas? That's BT. Oh, yeah. We should probably ask BT that. <laughs> they don't live next door. I just figured everybody ain't from here, from Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, our buddy uh, Sleazy E, Elijah yeah. Dobbs, and BT are both from Arkansas. He's been but listening that's the to only, a few shows. Uh, that's the only ones I know from Arkansas. It was really nice. He retweeted our Ricky Morton interview yeah, last I've week. But uh, well, no, Josh, we, we started talking about it. I called you the Ring of Fire, and you said you've been taking some hits. What's going on, man? <laughs> Why are you an asshole? <laughs> Shit! That's the noise Josh makes when he sits down. <laughs> or gets up out of the bed or, or whatever. Look, uh, do you believe in like, um, they call it in Louisiana, you putting that bad juju on me. Do you believe that? Are you better now? No. Oh, no. <laughs> Why am I putting bad juju? We wanted to talk about this story. Well, what, what happened was yeah. uh, I literally, I don't know if I spoke it into existence uh-huh. or what, but the... Uh, Remember that conversation we had, I think it was by now, maybe two weeks ago, maybe two and a half weeks ago at this point, of where uh, you're talking about you, you had a, like a, a complete red shit, and you're like, oh, I had red velvet yeah, cake. Yeah, it was a long, That was yeah. a, a couple of shows ago. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, by now, it's three weeks ago, but we're recording in the yeah, past. Yeah. So that's all right. Everybody understands. <laughs> yeah. Um. I talked about my my little deal that I had back in 04, right. where I had to do the shit sample, and they said, yeah. oh, you got blood in your shit. Yeah, I remember and that. I was like, oh my God, I'm dying. My stomach's been and hurting. And it turned out it was a hemorrhoid. It, it was internal hemorrhoids, and, and here's just some suppositories going about your business. <laughs> the next day, yeah, the very next fucking day, not even 24 hours after my mouth was uttering them goddamn words, putting that spell on myself, apparently. Right. Dude, I'm taking a shit at work because, as we all know... You got a shit on company time. I'm getting... If I'm taking a shit, I'm getting paid for it. You know? That's just the way it is. Unless it's a weekend. But, um... I'm in the I'm in the the stall there, and I thought maybe I extended my stay in there. Maybe I sat too long. Yeah, you know, reviewing my work documents as I was <laughs> shitting. You know, that way I can say, "Well, I'm working in here. I'm working. That's why I've been gone this long, dude." I started wiping, and my God, it was it was a fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> it was blood like blood. You would probably just went and went straight to Home Depot, got your suicide equipment, and then just fucking ended it in the car in the parking lot. Right. As much blood as it was coming out of my asshole. But was your underwear red? Not yet, because no. the blood didn't happen until I took the shit. Yeah. So um, I was thinking, you know, well, uh, this is bad. But I, <laughs> how are they going to put a tourniquet on this? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I need to put a rubber band around this motherfucker. Ugh. But, um, yeah. And the thing was, though, I wasn't hurting. Nothing was going wrong. You know, nothing. Absolutely nothing. Right. It was just the blood. The blood show. And, uh, excuse me. Yeah. The next day, same deal, but not so as intense. You know what I mean? Yeah. No pain. Just uh, a lot of blood. As I'm wiping, you know. The closer I get to the, the cherry picker, there I see the blood. You know, yeah. initially there's no blood. Right. You know, it's just like once I get close to the black cherry, <laughs> then it, I start seeing all the blood. 
Well, how messy are your shits? Um, I'm like, I tell, I, uh, this has been known, dude. I'm like Howard Hughes when I wipe my ass. Like, literally, I could go through, you know, half a roll of toilet paper sometimes because yeah. I'm just, I'm like, uh, like I said, Howard Hughes, extremely yeah, OCD. You know, I fucking wipe my, my ass maybe 50 times or whatever, just so I know everything's clean down there, no smell. Some motherfuckers, one and done. Yeah. You know, they do that one wipe, meh. Fuck it. <laughs> Not my problem. I don't do my own laundry. Yeah, but your wife sees your mud stains, motherfucker. But uh, the ne- like I said, the next day, not as intense, whatever, but still no pain. Right. You know, so everything's cool. I know I've got the hemorrhoid. I've had hemorrhoids for fucking ever. You know, they don't usually bleed like that, whatever. So the next day, no blood. Oh, my God. I, in the clear, baby. Yeah. In the clear. Days go by until that next Wednesday. Right. That next Wednesday, I wake up, and it's like literally, uh, I mean, uh, goddamn Oxbaker has punched me in my <laughs> asshole. I'm talking about the some of the worst pain. Oh. You know, and I know what the pain is. Right. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, we're doing this again. Okay. Yeah. I'll, you know, it, it won't be it won't be like this for long. You know, it, one day soon you're going to wake up and those hemorrhoids are gone. That's usually the way it works out. <laughs> right. But um you know, like I said, I woke up that Wednesday and it was like I had the heart punch in my butt. Pain, blood you know. everywhere. No, no. <laughs> just uh minimal just Teeny, yeah, yeah. teeny bit of blood whenever I would wipe on that Wednesday. Right. Okay. I got the hemorrhoids. I know what's going on. You know, as long as it's not Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I'll be fine. The next day, no blood, nothing like that. But the pain yeah. is still there. And ever since then, it's been like a fucking thorn bush in my ass, son. <laughs> I mean... You came over Thursday when we did the Ricky Morton interview, oh. and you were like, you grabbed like a cushion and sat down on it real gingerly, and then you were like, I feel like, oh, like less of a man right now, just having the, the suppositories. <laughs> no, what I said was, and I was fucking bleeding my heart out to you, yeah. and, and you were just a prick, you know, <laughs> I said, dude. I was trying to level with you. I, was trying, I didn't know that. I, thought I was you looking were... for my best friend uh, at the time. <laughs> you know, that one person I can talk to about whatever, you know. But then you just start laughing at me and start cutting jokes uh, on me. Because you said you were like the surprise. I, I said, what I said was, motherfucker, what I said was, that it is extremely demasculating yeah. i feel like less of a fucking man because i'm having to shove objects into my <laughs> asshole and, and apply creams and stuff i'm diddling with my asshole like four times a day richard you hadn't hit the happy button yet where you're like oh shit no it went everywhere there's nothing happy going on and you know, like I said, I was looking for that shoulder to lean. Oh, man, it'd be all right. You know? I'll, yeah, I mean, you will be fine. No, you didn't say that. You literally, st- well, you were like supposi- Rodney fucking Dangerfield. What do the suppositories cutting? do? I don't guess I've ever had a suppository. I guess okay, that's why I'm um, like. I, I assume your wife shoved a silver bullet in your ass before, right? <laughs> oh, she don't do that? No. Okay. Well, How big are they? About like that. Well, I'm, I'm going. That's by- like four inches long. No, two inches. I don't care. I don't know what your measurement. <laughs> that, no, baby. I swear to God, it's four inches. That right there, that's not two inches. Is that maybe? 
Okay, we'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, suppository is about like that. Right. It's about as big two around inches. as uh, two number two pencils, something like that. <laughs> so, like one of those fat pencils? Yes. You're shoving a, a broken piece pencil. of kindergarten pencil up your Pretty ass. much. I'm shoving a quarter of a kindergarten pencil yeah. up my ass. Are they at least lubed up or whatever? Oh, no. It feels literally like candle wax. <laughs> I'm talking about harder than a preacher's <laughs> dick. <so. laughs> Dude, no give. And um, I I guess on day four of doing that, since we're just laying it out, I mean, I've bare, I bare my soul already anyways, right? About day four of these suppositories oh. that I was doing, this is, um, we're talking now on Sunday, I'm speaking on maybe Wednesday, this past Wednesday. Yeah. I, I was putting one in there, loading the gun, <laughs> loading the turret, if you will. <laughs> had somebody pull my finger and shot so, that thing. <laughs> I accidentally just shoved the whole goddamn hemorrhoid and everything up, oh. back up in there. And son, I literally felt like <laughs> somebody had taken a piece of iron ore out of a fucking fire. <laughs> And just shit shoved it. I'm per, I'm talking about shove that ram that motherfucker right up my ass. And until the next morning, when I had to take my morning dump, yeah, it felt that way. It was like that. Emma uh. was like, "Hell no, you done twisted me in a knot." <laughs> Hell no. Oh god, it was. Uh. I, I'm talking about dude. And, and what's fucked up is what's fucked up. I, I've spent uh, the last. So did you have to go to the doctor to get the medicine? No, okay. you go to Walgreens. Oh, and they have hemorrhoid they suppositories. Got, yeah, it's okay. all there by the tampons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I said, demasculating as a motherfucker, dude. So, anyways, you, so you go ask where the shit is, right? <laughs> it's over there by the pads. Over oh, there by the 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 cotex and tampax. <laughs> I'm not a woman. Yeah, I know, but it's right there by. Yeah. Oh god damn! I'm shopping in the same section as these right. motherfuckers. So what's so discouraging about all this? Is, you know, it's been two, two and a half weeks or whatever. And brother, I'm telling you, that motherfucker is still, I mean, it's tougher than goddamn shoe leather (laughs) because it's not shrinking. It's still hurting, but it's not hurting as bad. You know what I mean? But goddamn, I'm, I'm, I'm literally like if somebody was to throw me an unwoven fucking catcher's mitt. And they were like, you better sew that motherfucker up with something you got on your body. I could pull that fucking hemorrhoid out and I could sew the fuck out of it. And it would be just fine. Uh, I mean, it's very, it's a pain in the ass what it is, Richard. But I mean, literally a pain in the ass. It is, but it is what it is. And I'm going to keep applying my my medications. (laughs) Are you worried that you're going to have to have a surgery? Yes. That's what you're worried about? Because, dude... Um, it ain't gotten any better? Well, like I said, like the blood is pretty much gone. Yeah. You know, unless I have to take, I don't know what hemorrhoids are, I don't guess. What What are those things that... It's... It, uh, imagine um, kind of like a, a, a noodle the size of a fucking pencil. Yeah. Coming out of your asshole. Yeah. And pretty much all it is is like, I guess whenever you've strained picking up something or, 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 I mean, weightlifters get it a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, other people get it too just by sitting down a lot right. or whatever. Agitation of the asshole, <laughs> pretty much. Long night at the truck stop. I mean, I, I don't really like bringing <laughs> shit like that up, but it is rampant in the... Um, Gay, com- gay community. No, I swear to God, man yeah. to God, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they do uh, butt stuff. But 
No, I'm I'm not telling. <laughs> I, a know, lot I, know, that I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. But uh, like I said, people with office jobs get them a lot. Right. Fucking people um, like weightlifters and stuff. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing <laughs> wrong because I don't do any All of that. All I'm doing is sitting here drinking a beer, <laughs> and then it just happens. <laughs> right. That's what I'm trying to do. But um, tell your dad he'd be like, "Don't go to the doctor. I'll cut those out with a pocket knife." No, <laughs> he's got the same problem. Oh, Just, he does? Yeah, he's he, he's done gave me some quarter. <laughs> what you need to do, Josh, will put this cortisone cream on it. I'm like, all that does is stop the itching. It's not itching at this point. Right. Not itching. No, what you do is get this cortisone cream and then put this barrier cream on it. <laughs> he gave me some kind of athlete's foot cream to put on. I'm not putting anything that goes on my feet on my right. asshole. Sorry, I'm not doing it. So I guess it runs in the family, if you will. But yeah, we got bad assholes, oh, figuratively man. and <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I I mean, I guess at this point, whatever I got to do, I got to do. I'm just hoping that it slowly gets better. Because you know how uh, as you get older, anything with even a fucking common cold, man, yeah. Where when you were 20 years old, you could shake that cold within a day or two. But now, if you get a cold, it's like a goddamn uh, life event. Yeah, and, and it's like a month. You it's got like the a cold. month. You got a cough, and you're like, "God damn, do we got cancer?" No, you're just old. That's your problem. Well, I told you yesterday that I wouldn't leave you out of the in the dust with these embarrassing stories. Go ahead. So, and and, and here's the funny thing: you were looking for a shoulder to now cry look, on before. Before you, you were looking for a shoulder to cry before on. you get in. Do you think we've Run our audience? <laughs> Do they really want to know that much about us? But you're like, no, we got to talk about yeah, this. Yeah, I just thought it was funny because you were like, <laughs> yeah, me not being able to sleep, but like three hours you, a night. You were you were talking That's when you would come over here. You looked so funny because you were like, huh. I was all desperate, and, <laughs> you know, like looking like I needed hope. But here's the thing, you. Made like a long running bit about my rent back. I did, didn't I? <laughs> yes. Like, to the point where your best just passed out on your lawn to test my rent back. So <laughs> I was in the gutter. Yeah. I was on public property, motherfucker. <laughs> well, I pulled you into the lawn. Oh, man, that looked like a murder scene. <laughs> I don't know what that fat motherfucker's doing, but I think he's done killed that homeowner over there. Dude, so for the past. Gosh, uh, I started working out right before the quarantine hit. As soon as you had your gym erected? No, I didn't even have it ready. Like, I didn't get the gym ready until, like, last month, May. So, like, like middle of May, I didn't have the gym ready until then. Mm-hmm. So, I, um, I, I lost all of, like, going to the gym because the gym's closed. So, I started gaining weight. Well, I was already about as big as I'd ever been in my life. And now you add on to it, like drinking and eating and not being able to go to the gym. You know what I mean? So like I started getting bigger and bigger. Well, we go like earthquake and shit. <laughs> well, dude, <laughs> you're even bald too. Well, you let that fucking side hair grow out. You'd have been a John earthquake. Tenta, John Tenta volume two. Yeah. Here's the motherfucker that was just like, you don't get no sympathy. You're even bald too, son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, all right. That's what so, friends do, Richard Lee. <laughs> so I started uh last week we went to or two weeks ago, we went to my uh my uh nephew's wedding. He had a wedding two weeks ago. Got married. Did you try to deter him? He or? was supposed to be getting married in April and then the coronavirus shut everything down. So it canceled his wedding. So he got married last week or two weeks ago and uh 
I you pull him to the side, boy, you better think about this. Well, I had a long night before where I was just sitting there going, hmm. Well, about three or four weeks ago, my my mom looks at me and she goes, can you get that ring off? And I looked down and my hands were swollen. Like not only fat, but <laughs> swollen. Like like if you would have like saw my hands. Like you got a heart hands, condition. <laughs> yeah, like like I had I was retaining water. Like I would take my socks off and I'd have this big ring around my feet. Yeah. Like where the water wasn't able to get. Like it was weird. So my mom looks at me. I'm like, my mom just basically called me a fat ass. <laughs> you can't get that ring off your finger, can you? But you know when somebody asks you a question like that, it fucks with you. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, like if somebody, if you, you ain't going to wear that, are you? Yeah. Like if somebody, like if you were a, if you were a batter and I was looking at you and go, Hey, do you breathe in or breathe out when you take a swing? You know, it would fuck, fuck you up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. Now I'm going to be thinking of that instead of the ball. So, um, I started focusing on it and I was like, shit, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got to get a pair of tin snips in this motherfucker. Well, so last week, I don't know why, uh, we were out in the heat and heat makes your hands swell up, you know, you know, heat and humidity. It makes you swell up a little bit. So I started messing with my ring, and I could barely turn it on my finger. You know how you spin your ring sometimes? I don't wear one. Oh, well, I've had this thing on for, like, the the better part of 15 years. You know what I mean? Like, the only time I didn't wear it was when I had it resized when I lost a lot of weight. I look like a bachelor <laughs> all the time. So, so I was trying to turn it, and I could barely spin it. So then I was like, let me see if I can get it off. And I couldn't get it to pass my knuckle. So I came home and I was like, now I'm freaking out. Like, shit, what do I do? So like, I got some my fucking string. finger's going to fall off. I got some string and rolled it around. Like, have you seen those little things where you put the string through the ring and you wrap the string around your finger and then you take and unwind the string and the ring kind of comes off. I thought you going to say, and then you put it on the door and get your lady to <laughs> shut it real quick. You pull it off. No. Uh, that didn't work for me. It cut the shit on my finger. The ring got stuck right here on my, my, I actually started leaking water from my finger, <laughs> <laughs> but my whole finger started turning purple and I just shoved the ring back on. So I have a friend who, uh, works in, um, like his brother-in-law works with uh, a jeweler and I called him up. I was like, Hey, I've tried everything. Do you think you could help me get this thing off? So he had to basically cut it off. Like they have this little thing that goes under the ring and it looks like a can opener and you spin it and it cuts the ring. It takes like three seconds. Yeah. So he's going to, he's going to, I've got to take it back to him in a couple of weeks. He's I could have sent you to Ray J. He's got a pair of tin snips. <laughs> no, this, this keeps it from damaging the ring to where they can put it back together. Oh yeah. It's not like tin snips to make it worse for them. So, um, it actually protects your finger and cuts the ring off. But no, dude, I've gotten so fat. I, made myself like I've ate you know how bad it has to get when you out grow a ring <laughs> that's on your finger and you're not pregnant there's no reason for you to swell you're just a fat ass oh <laughs> uh, so I went to the doctor and uh, they got me on a um a water pill to get the water off of Jesus me. Jesus Christ. No, Richard. dude, I'm serious, dude. You went to the fucking doctor. To get the water pill, yeah. I've had a bleeding asshole. <laughs> you should have went to the doctor. and all that. And then you go to the doctor for a fucking yeah. water yeah. buildup? Got the water off of me. I have actually been, um, for the you past... Need to, you, okay. For the okay, past we, week... We got two things going on here. Either A... You really do. You really are fucking big money, Richard. No. And you just fucking spend money on doctors just like a cash money millionaire. 
you know, spends it on jewelry. No. Or, or you fucking got good insurance. I do have good insurance. So you don't have a copay or nothing like that? Uh, no. <laughs> How? I don't know. <laughs> I, think I, I don't know. I have a deductible. Once you get to the deductible, you have you're pretty much in the clear. But I can't remember what my deductible is. Wow. So man, I got to get a job like that or something so I can just go to the doctor whenever I want. <laughs> well, also it's in our insurance that we can go to the facility because it's paid for by the insurance the facility. The facility, the doctor's office, it's paid for. So like certain things aren't covered, like flu tests and X-rays and stuff like that. But, but retaining just, water is. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> I, mean, I need to go tell him my asshole is retaining water. Can you help me? No, my asshole's trying to get away from my me. My asshole's <laughs> fluffing up real bad. It's hurting real bad. Maybe you can help me out. I thought you had an in-house doctor. No. What the hell? No, no in-house Does doctor. Does he look at hem- hemorrhoids? No. <laughs> Not yours. <laughs> I know. You That's just laugh at fraud. me and send me on my way. <laughs> Give you a pat on the ass until you get the fuck out of his office. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> no, oh, um... No, no. So I've got a uh, a different, like a um, sports band ring. Hey, I had one of those and I yep. lost it in the sink at work. That's why I don't wear a wedding band, Richard, because I fucking lose them. Lose shit. I actually lost weight and it fell into fell the off. drain. And, um, you know, my work, they don't fucking have sink, the proper sink drain. It's just a hole <laughs> in the motherfucker. don't have a guard on it. So it just fell on down in there. And I thought I could take this trap apart. Yeah. I really could. But it's a chrome trap. The motherfucker may leak more when I put it back together. But you'd be proud, though, man. I've I've adjusted my diet. Yeah. I haven't had any drinks in the past week and a half. I bet you're week. really, yeah. really wanting to go to Home Depot. Then, and huh? uh, I have. No, actually, it's not been too bad. I've been eating right, and I've been drinking a lot of water. So what do you Dude, do? Dude, water when... is the diet. Look at this, motherfucker. <clears throat> what do you do when that somebody is... pisses you off? Nobody's you go really drink some water? Off. Yeah, just go drink some water. Uh, but this right here is a gallon jug. I see it's, that. It's got like lines on it to tell you, and you're supposed to, I drink. I would actually I pop this. another hemorrhoid out trying to hold that whole motherfucker up. <laughs> I started this yesterday. I, I started drinking a full gallon a day. Are you trying to pass a drug test or something? <laughs> what are you doing? Why? Just because I, I had read an article back a long time ago. You know, I want to live like five years longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to live for, motherfucker. Uh, no, I mean, I had, um, I had, uh, read an article online about the rock back like a long time ago, back when he first got in the movies and stuff and he had lost a lot of weight Yeah, and he had toned leaned up and they said, how did you taking the gas? How did you do it? Probably. (laughs) And he said that he drank about a gallon of water a day. Like, and it was like more than that. Like he he broke it down, but he's like, it's about a gallon, a little bit more. And dude, I drink this yesterday and I pissed like maybe five times. But, dude, I shit so much yesterday. <laughs> See, that wouldn't work with me, buddy. Oh, no, you'd be on the floor. I, like, I, ah, I, ah. I would have the reemergence of uh, bloody mess in my yeah, asshole. Yeah. As long as I keep it about one or two, I'm fine. Oh, but, man, I mean, I was surprised, like, at 9 o'clock last night when I went, you know, like, when you suck the last bit of water out, that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I got it done. You know, that's when you was going to town on the Volvo. (laughs) That's what that sounded like. (laughs) You're going to do me next, right? (laughs) 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 Jesus. Oh, man. Well, Josh, 
enough of the embarrassing stories for the day. Let's sell some shirts. Huh? Yeah, we will sell some shirts. <laughs> if you want to buy a P3 Radio T-shirt and help us out, help out small business, help out local podcasting, what better way to do it than go to P3 Radio Tees, tinyurl.com slash P3 Radio Tees. It's going to take you over to Teespring. And I can tell you, I got my shirt in today. It is high quality. It is 100% cotton shirt that feels nice. And the imaging on this, Josh, it's like you said, it's not heavy. They print it with nice ink that just, it's not cheap. It's standard ink, but it looks really good, and it doesn't weigh your shirt down. Well, and the thing about it is, too, Richard, they may not sell shirts in a tall option with it, but... They do, just not my size. Not in a sample version either. But maybe we could mess with that, too. Maybe we could uh, give them the Iggy on that. But I'm going to tell you something. You were right. It does look professional. It doesn't look like somebody, as we've talked about before, yeah. has it hanging up in a gas station somewhere. It looks like legit shit that you would buy from fucking Walmart or wherever. Mm-hmm. And you have confidence knowing you can put that thing in the washing machine and it's not going to crack, peel, and fucking, uh, you know, the graphic go away within a week or two. Right. Good shit. And how you're going to get this good shit is going to tinyurl.com slash P3RadioTees. That's T-E-E-S. Tinyurl.com slash P3RadioTees. Go ahead and go over there and pick up your P3 Radio shirt and help us out, help out small business. P3RadioTees. All right, Josh, welcome back to P3 Radio. Well, we, were, we were supposed to be coming back to Fire Down Below by Bob Seger, but uh, we had to go with the rock and roll all night party every day music left over from our Ricky Morton interview last week because we didn't know if he was going to get offended by us using the boogie woogie dance hall. So, <laughs> so we had, a, so we had a, a standby unless he was like, hey, y'all cut that shit off. I didn't get a goddamn dime for that shit. <laughs> and we were like, oh, shit, sorry, Mr. Morton. Uh, but joining us right now, guys, on P3 Radio, he is, he's is he been in comedy, he's been in wrestling, and he has a podcast right now with our friend BT, and it's called Was It Really That Good? Joining us right now, Gene Jackson. Hey, Gene, welcome to, welcome to the show, man. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, Glad we, to finally make it. A yeah. couple of things I want to lead with, not to cut you off. No, no, go ahead. Okay, number one, I was fat before quarantine, and I've <laughs> knock on wood, I've never had hemorrhoids. Let's cross our fingers. <laughs> Two, a fun fact. Yeah, it's a fact. I don't know if it's fun, but you played Kiss with Gene Simmons. My wife, her maiden name was Simmons. So had I been one of these little weaklings that took on my wife's last name, my name would be Gene Simmons right now, which would be kind of cool. So maybe that was a mistake on my part. You that get a few extra DMs at least, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Hey, man, can you be on our podcast? Sure. sure. <laughs> yes, I will. We had... Um, That'll be 50 bucks, please. I'll give you my <laughs> Exactly. We had uh, Dobbs on last week, Elijah Dobbs. Uh, or, oh, my boy. Yeah, two weeks ago. And uh, when he called in, we kind of just answered the phone and left him... Like, he could hear everything, but until we picked him up, because we were going to finish our segment... 
And uh, he said he was so confused at first because we were talking about bridges at the time. And I said, that would be a hilarious prank. Tell somebody to call into your show and just give them like some weird public access number. And they're calling and wanting to talk about wrestling, but it's all about, hey, we got a bridge enthusiast on the line for the first time. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) (laughs) That's that's awesome that that happened to Dobbs because I can just imagine what he was thinking. Yeah, he was a really cool guy, man. We enjoyed having him on. And then course last week we had uh ricky morton and you know we talked about a few things and when we got done towards the end uh, i mentioned a guy and had a blade on him like he was gonna get, he was gonna get color at the end of the night and uh ended up cutting me and it, it, if you go back and listen to it me and josh were talking about it, it sounded like ricky got half hot let me tell you something. really yeah when i was in the business <laughs> That's how you we got color family. Yeah, <laughs> it's like he he gave us the fucking the the whole rundown of why you get color yeah. and why it's so fucking bad for anybody else to do. <laughs> right, I, like, I know what I did, and that's how I fed my family. And I'm like, yes, a, sir, yes, sir. I was a huge fan of the Rock and Roll Express when I was a kid, and then I did a couple of shows with them. I uh, I actually <laughs> had a had a different had a different run in. Like like every time like I worked with. Um, when I was wrestling, they had Ricky in, and Ricky was super nice, and he was super nice through the whole interview. I think what happened was he heard the story about it. I, I wanted to be like, Mr. Morton, I didn't get color. Right. <laughs> but, I accidentally uh, got color. Yeah, he cut my arm. Like The guy had a razor blade in his uh, his uh, finger tape. He flared it. Yeah, and uh, he when I went to slam him or at some point in the match, uh, I didn't know it, but when I got home, I had this – cut all the way down my arm starting where my tape was to my elbow pad and my elbow pad was sliced in half so, so he like, was just carry von eric in your ass yeah the whole thing. I, I guess so <laughs> fucking uh, super clash up in there <laughs> so well it's funny you said that gene because uh you said you worked a couple shows with ricky and then you kind of had a different view of him i'm gonna tell you something man you you really distorted my view of the dream machine. I, I kind of knew, <laughs> seriously, I kind of knew he was fucking out there and whatnot, but with, with your, you, I guess it was the uh, last, was it really that good? It was yeah. a whole dream machine feature. And I listened and I'm, I'm just, my jaws on the floor. I'm like, God damn. I mean, I thought, you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I got it. You know, it was, he was probably a little out there, like I said, but to be that bad there at the end, it was just, man, it's, it's like getting slapped by your hero or something, yeah. you know? Hand to God, it was all true. Uh, it was it was horrifying. Uh, and around that time period, I did those shows with the Dream Machine, and then also uh, there was a big money mark there in Mississippi that brought in Jake the Snake and Greg the Hammer Valentine and a few guys for some shows. Wow. And so uh, this was 1999. This would have been around the time that uh, Beyond the Mat was being made. Yeah. So the first time he books Jake the Snake, Jake the Snake and, a, and some some shady looking guy pull up in a lot of 89 Firebird and they park outside <laughs> the building and the shady guy gets out and is like, hey, where's the promoter? And I said, he's in the freaking building. Where else would he be? And they're like, could you go get him? So I go and they're like, Rick, Jake needs to talk to you. So he goes off the car and, <laughs> and Jake's like, Hey, uh, I kind of got some warrants and shit going on, so I'm not coming in until it's time for my match. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Um, meanwhile, me and Neil Taylor sit and watch Greg the Hammer Valentine snort coke off of a table <laughs> right before he goes out to have his match with Tommy Rogers. And I was like, Greg Valentine hasn't taken a bump since 
you know, 1987, yeah. and he's he's bumping cocaine like Sabu's fixing to go through 19 tables wrapped in barbed wire on fire. So That's as good. they play Jake's music, Jake climbs out of the Firebird in those baggy black pants that he wore in Beyond the Mat that look like they had been pissed in and God knows what else, staggers to the ring. He's wrestling Tommy Rich in the main event. Pulls himself up into the ring, and Tommy Rich basically had a match with himself for about 15 minutes. He pops Jake. Jake hits the mat, does not leave the mat for the next 12 minutes. The promoter's wife is at the ringside slapping the mat going, Get the fuck up! We're not paying you three grand to lay on the goddamn mat! And this is in front of the 30 people in Boonville, Mississippi. Finally, Tommy Rich picks him up, puts himself in a front face lock, sweeps Jake's legs and gives himself a freaking DDT and pulls his arm over him, essentially. I wish to God I had a video of it. Uh, oh, my God. Shit that sounds awesome. You know, you you brought up the Dream Machine, though. You know what I think about, Josh, whenever you somebody brings up the Dream Machine? We Galen a, Bates. Yes, we had a buddy uh, when we were younger. Uh, and he was known for lying. His name was Justin, and he would just lie. Just I mean, even when it was like, "Hey, what color is this guy, Justin?" Purple. <laughs> and you'd be like, "Well, we can see that it's obviously blue, Justin." No, my, like, dad no my dad said it's purple after the sun's down. Y'all just don't have the right eyes or something. We it's, all had that friend, of yeah. course. So and he, if you didn't, then you were that friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was telling us he was like, "My daddy used to wrestle because he knew we liked wrestling, and he would do anything to try to fit in with us." And we're like. No, he didn't. They're like, yeah, he did. And he brings us into his house, and his dad's like, I wrestled as the dream machine. I wrestled oh, as God. the green dream machine. <laughs> I wrestled <laughs> as the neon green dream machine. It was like all these names well, that he see, said he wrestled you left under. out one part. He First question he asked, Daddy, do you not own a Uzi? <laughs> oh, my God. I sure do. <laughs> and then he said he was the dream machine because yeah. he was trying to get that over, too. The the two things I think of, well, the three things I think about when I think of that man, though, is A, him lying to our face that he was the dream machine and being so confused when I saw the dream machine for the first time on Memphis Wrestling, <laughs> and B, us stealing the, the nudie mags out of his bathroom and never getting caught, and C, <laughs> C him getting killed by a wasp. He got killed by wasps. He got killed by wasps. Really? Yeah, he was allergic and ran over a hive or something. I don't know what yeah, happened. What was the, the real up? dream machine's not putting over a fucking wasp. That's, no. There's your proof right there. But to be fair, he kind of lived like the dream machine from what I heard. You talking last show, it all made sense. Yeah. I mean, maybe he yeah. was the dream machine on some shows. And there was one time he beat the piss out of Justin, and I saw it, and I'm like, that's a dream machine beat down out there if I've ever seen one. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was B Town Dream Machine. I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> I go to all the house shows the, that Dream Machine don't the, want to do. The Hohenwald, Tennessee Dream Machine. That's right. <laughs> but uh I, we just mentioned it a little bit. Uh tell the tell the people how they can get to your show and listen to your show that you do with BT on uh I think it's shooting the Shiznit, right? That that's the channel yes. that y'all do that on. Uh, yes, it is on uh S S get down, cat. Um stspod.club is the main website and so everything that bt uh puts out there is is on that site and of course that includes um she the uh was it really that good and if you can't find the website just follow him on twitter and about every 30 minutes uh he will tweet and retweet tweet it i promise you uh, Jesus Christ, bless his heart. I mean, Brian tweets and retweets more than anybody I've ever seen. But hey, it gets him to downloads. 
Yeah. He's got more patience than I do. Yeah. I, I always, I always try to retweet those when I see them, but I'm like, I can't keep up. Oh God, no. And, uh, we were talking about, it. I'm kind of taking not a social media break, but just, uh, a cleanse. I'm not on it as much as I used to be. So I'm just getting on there to like plug a shirt or plug a, uh, uh, an episode or. So you're cleansing your body yeah. as well as your social yeah. media. Yeah. I, I joke that I joked in my head that we should probably start calling this show, uh, fat ass and broke, broke anus or something like that. Or, <laughs> or, uh, what was it? Fat. So and burn ass. That was what it was. <laughs> fat So and blown ass. Yeah. <laughs> definitely got a ring to it. I think you'd have a very specific audience. Yeah. Though, so. <laughs> well, we was trying to work in that bridge gimmick, but yeah. <laughs> there ain't too many civil engineers want to take yeah. their time out for asshole gimmicks and whatnot. So, so I, I remember back, I don't, I think this is honestly the first time we've ever really talked um, but I remember back a long time ago, probably MySpace days, that when I was in wrestling and I was talking to BT, I like looked you up on MySpace. I want to say, and you had some stand up there, like you on stage and everything. And so you dabbled in stand up for a while. I did. So uh, I'll try to make this as as brief, uh, the brief and sort of the Reader's Digest version of of this story. But so my two loves in life has always been pro wrestling and, and comedy. Yeah. And so I got in pro wrestling in 97, uh, did that for a few years, married my first wife who hated wrestling and eventually decided that if I was going to stay married and out of jail, I was going to have to quit wrestling as long as we were married. And so I quit wrestling. I started, uh, to kind of scratch the wrestling itch though, and stay involved. I uh, started writing for BT's website, which mm-hmm. I had met, BT when we were both working in uh, Killers Mid-South wrestling up in Gibson, Tennessee. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and uh, that's how we first met. And then I ended up writing for his website and also wrote for Hollywood Jimmy's website. And uh, like I said, that scratched the wrestling itch. But my other love was comedy. And so uh, I got to be friends with a guy uh, who was doing some stand-up. He was on the radio in Huntsville. Uh, I'm in Alabama, for those that don't know, unfortunately. Um, And so I got to know him, and he's like, hey, man, you're pretty funny. You should come out and do some open mics. So I started doing a few open mics in Birmingham, uh, eventually got booked on some shows. Uh, Stand-up comedy is one of the hardest things you'll ever do. People think, oh, I'm funny. I'll just go up there and be funny. No, that is not how fucking comedy works. <laughs> you don't just go up there and be funny. Right. Um, you, have to, you have to sit down and write material that is going to be universally funny to whatever group of people is sitting in front of you that night, which that was the fun thing about going to open mics in Birmingham because you'd go one time and you'd have like, a very mixed audience. Then one time it might be all white people or it might be all black people. It might be all rich people. It might be all poor people. So I had a whole set written one night and none of it was landing. Like the people I worked with, I was working retail at the time and they had said, Hey, you need to go tell some of the stories, you know, from stuff that's happened at the store. You know, we all think it's hilarious. So I'm about three jokes in and I realized the audience are the people these jokes are making fun of. Like they're the customers. <laughs> they're not on our side of the counter. Right. Right. And I didn't have anything else prepared. So I just start like working like heel wrestler up on stage, <laughs> like just cutting promos on people. And I was like, there was like this black dude at the back was mean mugging the shit out of me. And I'm like, 
uh, you know, like, chill out, Fitty. It'll get better here in a minute, you know. And this guy next to him had these big chops and long hair. I'm like, you know, you and Triple H back there, and that few people got that. So by the end of it, I'm like, you know, a broke-ass, uh, oh, God, what's his name? The freaking uh, shit. Now I look like an idiot because I blanked out on the old insult comic. Um, oh, um, uh, Don Rickles. Rickles. Don yeah. Rickles. There you go. Thank you. Save me. Uh, so, you know, anyway, I, so I started doing comedy off and on. Um, I opened a show in Gadsden, Alabama for my, the friend I was mentioning. I guess I should mention this because some people listening to the show may get this and know who this guy is. The friend from Gadsden that I mentioned uh, is a guy named Matt Mitchell, a.k.a. the Casio Kid, a.k.a. Uh, yeah, Conrad yeah. Thompson's best friend. Yeah. <laughs> And so that's that, like uh, I got some bookings through him. Like he went and did a, a show in his hometown, and uh, I opened for him and Corey Forrester, who's a pretty well known uh, comedian at this point. He wasn't, yeah. he hadn't quite caught on at that point. And so that was a cool opportunity. So I got to do, and so now, even now, like I'll go to Huntsville here and there and do some open mics and do, you know, do things now and then. And then I've, and I'm sure Dobbs uh, touched on it last week. Um, I've tried to mix wrestling and comedy as much as I can. Mm-hmm. I worked for a company named IWA Deep South that also calls themselves $10 Wrestling and LXW and a, a few other names. Yeah. And uh, so I've done like comedy style commentary for them, along with a stand-up comedian from Alabama named Tim Statham, who's a hilarious guy. And a lot of that's on the High Spots Network. And I get a lot of emails about it. And I've created some comedy characters for wrestling. Uh, Megastar Memphis Monroe uh, was a character I created to go work. Five Look, I'm going to cut you off right there. I'm sorry, but literally, I think it was last year, I listened to a whole goddamn interview on BT's, uh, <laughs> BT's show there, and I was half-assed believing it until about, I don't know, the 30-minute mark, and I just, I got to look this motherfucker up. I can't, because you, I mean... You had me believe in there for that long. And then I said, there's no way that he injured those crippled children <laughs> in the front row and got away okay. with it. That's never a sentence you want to hear. There's no way he injured those crippled children. <laughs> so, okay. So this is another sidebar that I'll try not to let it take too long. Oh, so, you're good. You're good. All right. So uh, I'm wrestling and I'm wrestling and I'm managing and I'm doing commentary and all these different things. And then a buddy of mine said, hey, we're we're going to do some $5 wrestling shows. Do you want to go? And I'm like, yeah, I love that shit. Like, when I was working up in Kentucky, me and my wife would sit and watch those shows. became a big fan of Freight Train and Big Donnie and all those guys. I said, I would love to do that. I was like, but I don't necessarily want to tarnish my reputation as Gene Jackson for all these serious shows that I'm doing. So I'm going to create a character. And so I was like, well... I'm going to create a mask character. It's going to be like an old school Memphis gimmick, like the assassins and all these different guys. That, you know, the kind of character Don Bass or Roger Smith would play back in the day. Right, right. And so <laughs> I was like, well, there's been a bunch of fake Lawlers and there's been fake Dundees and all this. I'm like, Sputnik Monroe. I used to hear my dad tell me stories about him when I was a kid. So I'll take the name Monroe. And I was like, what can I do with that? I'm like, well... It's a Memphis gimmick. I'll use the name Memphis. Memphis Monroe. That kind of rolls off the tongue. And I started, you know, trying to come up with a monitor to go with that. I'm like, well, Bill Dundee's a superstar. What's bigger than a superstar? A freaking megastar. Megastar mm-hmm. Memphis Monroe. Here we go. So I buy me gear. I get gear made. All this shit. I make Facebook pages and all this. 
And I put them online, and Memphis Monroe has been online for all of about seven minutes when my buddy Jeremiah Plunkett messages me and says, hey, you know there's a porn star named Memphis Monroe, <laughs> right? I'm like, what? <laughs> so I Google Memphis Monroe, and it's a big boobed blonde porn star. And I'm like, well, too late, man. I'm too invested in this shit. So started doing that. So I started, I went to test it out on a show in Mississippi, and I started getting messages wanting people wanting to book Memphis Monroe instead of Gene Jackson. I'm like, well, all right, cool. I'll, it's supposed to be a comedy gimmick, but I'll, I'll do it. So I started getting more gimmicks as Memphis Monroe, or more bookings as Memphis Monroe. Uh, than I did as Gene Jackson. And the funny thing to me was it took a lot of guys a long time to piece it together that it was the same person. Um, like there were shows I would, I'd be there and like, Hey man, I didn't know you were, you were booked. And of course they had Memphis Monroe on the poster and I'd start putting my gear on and they go, Oh shit, you're Memphis Monroe. I didn't realize. I'm like, yeah, there's not two guys this fat wrestling in Mississippi. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, I was telling uh, I was telling BT one time after we got through recording one of these was it really that good things. I was like, you know, I've got this idea. Me and my buddy Jeremy Flan have been talking about where we're going to try to write like I don't know if a book, but you know, like a, a online thing or something where we're going to make like Memphis Monroe, the Forrest Gump of professional wrestling, where we weave him into every like big happening in the last 30 years. Somehow Memphis Monroe was there. And the result of that was that podcast you listened to. <laughs> but, uh, BT like messaged me a couple days later. And I'm like, how's it doing? He goes, Oh my God, there are people getting thoroughly pissed off because they're getting almost all the way through the episode before they realize that it's comedy, like it's not a real character. And then the ones who didn't realize it are really getting pissed off because they think, you know, that that you really did all this shit. I'm like, <laughs> really? Like people think I fell off a scaffold and killed some cripple kids and Jerry Jarrett <laughs> paid them off with eight by tens and hot dogs? And that I, I sold my Porsche with bad brakes to some wrestler in mid-Atlantic. I don't remember his name or what happened to him. I'm like, <laughs> He's like, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's getting like people either love it or hate it. There's no middle ground. I'm like, well, that's that's awesome. It's kind of like the Tony Clifton thing. Exactly. Well, what yeah, threw like, me for the the extra loop is when I tried to dig into who who is this motherfucker. Like, I I mean, you know, because now you've got to know. I have to know, <laughs> yeah. and I, I dug around for a while, and I went to the Google images, and then I seen your picture with the Memphis Monroe character. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> okay, okay. And I finally, about a month later, I asked BT, who is this Memphis Monroe motherfucker? <laughs> and he, and he, he, he gave me the, you know, he didn't kayfabe me. He told me the truth. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, if you can tell, Josh is a former investigator. He didn't make it very long because <laughs> who killed this motherfucker? No, I was stealing from the evidence room. Yeah, but Man, you know, the, Memphis is the one that convinced uh, Schultz to slap John Stossel. <laughs> I mean, he took Shawn Michaels' smile. I, mean, I like he, it. He did all of this shit. And then in his bonus, his bonus one that I'm sure not many people heard because it's like his Patreon where you've got to pay. <laughs> 50 cents and a coupon or something to hear it. Um, I said in there that uh, I was good friends with Chris Benoit and that the whole murder oh. thing was a, was a, a cover-up, that he was actually in witness protection. He didn't really murder his family. I mean, him talk several times a week and he's getting ready to make a comeback in AEW and all that. And I was like, boy, if I'd have been on the main show, that would have really hurt yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You got to watch BT with those... Uh... Those Patreon shows, there's been times we've buried some people, and I think we're we're 
one of the only people he's had to edit his Patreon show for. And I still don't get it. I mean, I didn't say anything. I think Sylvia's dead anyways. <laughs> you remember uh, Robert Fuller's uh, valet when he came back yeah. to Memphis, Sylvia or whatever? Yeah. I said something along the lines of, I bet if you stuck your dick in that, you pull out some splinters, the bitch was so skinny. And he was like, he's like, I had to edit that out, Josh. Yeah. Oh, okay, whatever. Oh my God, unless Robert Fuller listened to it, who else is going to be offended by that? Yeah, <laughs> the three I, people who remember who Sylvia is. Right. He did leave us in Barry and Lawler, though, didn't he? Oh, the veal, yeah, all the, the veal all comment? the stuff that we just that we just joke around about Lawler. And what was that veal that thing that you said? Uh, he asked us which... Lawler's butcher shop. I bet the no, motherfucker no, likes no, veal. No, no, huh? no. It was it was he, we had to get a burger. We had to make a burger and name it after somebody. Oh, it was yeah, that yeah. Uh, you know the, the shiznit, sh- best shiznit. Shiznit. <laughs> And I said that we would make a burger and it would be made out of veal because Lawler likes some young. <laughs> hey, that's good. That's good stuff. Right but there, it, that right? was all ad libbed. I was pretty proud of it. Now afterwards, yeah. I was like, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah. Heat with Lawler now. But Probably it's worth it. You know? I'm just waiting for that fire to get thrown on me now. Um, <laughs> but no, man, uh, you know, I was sitting there thinking, I was like, well, I did remember a joke that you told and it, it resonated with me. I don't know if you remember it. Uh, it was the, uh, Cheerios, the little boy. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> jo- yeah I don't I think do. Josh has ever heard it. Do you mind telling Josh? And, sure. God, it's been years since I've told it, but I think yeah. I can remember. That's it. how so, long uh, ago it was that I looked you up and I was like, Oh, that was really funny. I remembered the joke too. So I thought it was really funny. So um, yeah, that, yeah, that's when I was going on stage just telling joke jokes, like not even writing material, like just telling jokes I had known for years right. that I didn't even remember where I had gotten them. But, uh, okay, so there's these these two little boys, and um, their moms made them go to bed early, and they wanted to watch a TV show, and they're like, man, it's, you know, why, why does mom make us go to bed early? And it's like, well, because, you know, she treats us like little kids. You know, if we were if we were older, you know, we wouldn't have to go to bed early because older people get to stay up, so... Tomorrow, we need to act more grown up. If we act more grown up, she'll treat us more grown up. We'll be able to stay up and watch TV. And I'm like, okay, well, what do grown ups do? So the one little boy goes, well, grown ups cuss. And the uh, little boy said, well, I don't know any cuss words. And the other little boy said, well, I do. And he said, uh, when we go down in the morning to eat breakfast, um, you say hell and I'll say ass, and that'll make us seem more grown up. We'll get to stay up tomorrow night. So, okay, sounds like a plan. So, Next morning, they come bopping down the stairs, plop down the table. Mom comes over and says, what do y'all want for breakfast? First little boy goes, hell, I'll take some Cheerios. She snatches him up, beats his ass all the way back up the stairs. He's up there crying. He comes back. She comes back down, looks at the other little boy, said, okay, what do you want for breakfast? And he said, hell, if I know, but bet your ass it ain't Cheerios. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. And, and and I'm one of those old, like, I'm like you. I loved wrestling and I loved comedy. And uh, I never had the guts to do stand-up. And that was one of those things. I'd write out stuff. I'd keep it written down in my phone, wherever it was. But I never had the guts to get up and do, like, an open mic or something like that. But I had never heard that joke. So I was like, man, that's pretty funny. You know, I'm always amazed when I don't hear something for the first time. You know what right. I mean? Um, because you know as well as I do, you go to a comedy club and somebody could start a joke and you're like, if this is recycled material, I'm going to know it because I've listened. Like I used to listen to Pandora comedy channels to go to sleep. You know, right. that's, that's how invested I am in like listening to comedy. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Uh, 
so are do you still do anything other than you know the comedy wrestling? Do you ever still kind of dabble in stand up a little bit or? I do. Um, I'm actually working on some stuff right now because man, there's so many open mics and different shows going on in Huntsville right now. It's crazy. Well, before the pandemic, obviously, right. but some of them are starting to open back up. So I'm wanting to go over there and, and try to do some more comedy. But I've I've recently in the boredom of the pandemic. Um, so when this first started, uh, I was managing a furniture store and they sent us all home. And I was like, well, I can't afford to sit at home. So I got a job uh, working from home doing tech support for AT&T. And so I haven't really had to leave the house now in about three and a half months. So out of sheer boredom, I created another character um, named Whitey Jenkins, who is an outlaw wrestler, who he's he's really a parody of a couple of bookers here in Alabama, a guy named Mickey Henry and a, a few other guys all kind of rolled into one. Right. And so I've been putting... Um, putting shit on Facebook and stuff. And he's about to have a podcast, which is going to be kind of a parody of the Ron Fuller stud cast and the Jim Cornette drive through type thing. Oh and we'll see if, if it gets any legs and goes anywhere, but I'm, I'm having fun making fun of some people and the people who get it think it's great. And the people who don't are like, what the hell's funny about that, man? I mean, shit, we've been doing that for years. Right. But, um, there's, I always try to find a way to bring the two together is, is my sweet spot. If I can, if I can manage it, you know, Yeah. what was your uh, take? Now this is going to come out in a couple weeks, but what was your take on the, uh, the whole um, call outs in wrestling this past week ago or so with, uh, you know, Cornette getting called out and all, like Everybody. hundreds, hundreds of people getting called out <sighs> in wrestling. What my take on, it, and I'll give you this, my take on it was, when was the wrestling business not kind of sleazy? Like, was you shocked at any of this, or was you just, like, taken back a little bit? No, I wasn't yeah. shocked by any of it. I hate to go on record and right. say anything uh, about it, but and, and I don't want, you know, I don't want to be quoted, not that I'm no, important no. enough for anybody to quote, but, like, I don't want anybody to say, oh, he's blaming the victims, but come on, guys. Like, you guys know as well as I do, like, you know coming into the wrestling business what kind of scumbags are in the wrestling business yeah, and right. what kind of shit you're going to encounter if you choose to go there. Um, is a lot of the stuff that happened terrible? Absolutely. Yeah. Do a lot of these guys deserve to be ran out of the business? Absolutely. Have a lot of these women seen how the others are reacting and jumping on board to try to get themselves over or punish some guy who maybe they tried to hit on and it didn't go their way? Probably so. Yeah. Um, and that's where I think it's wrong because, man, there's there's been so many people who just simply based off allegations, there was not enough time taken to look into it, to ask any questions. Just there were allegations and poof, five promotions tweet that they've been banned from their roster. They've stripped them of their titles and they're they're being blackballed out of the business. And I mean, and you look at in the past few days, I don't know how much you guys keep up with this company, but like Chikara. Um, within a 24 hour time span, uh, a few people made some accusations on Twitter within less than 24 hours, half the roster resigned, wow. uh, and Mike Quackenbush shut down the freaking company. And then on Saturday, he made a video addressing the allegations and like it was 90% of the allegations were things that his trainers did, like <clears throat> supposedly, um, they were a little rough with somebody in practice um, he, he, uh, had put somebody on the roster and had them start working, but then their work kind of regressed. So he 
took them back off the roster, and they said that was discrimination. Oh, my God. Um, somebody on the roster, unnamed, uh, accidentally used the R word to somebody who has autism, which wasn't Mike. It just happened in his building, but he took responsibility for it. Right. But then the big kicker of all, what really made him quit, was somebody accused him of, during the time frame of 2010 and 2012, at some point... He used racist and homophobic language in the training school. Now, back in 2011, 2012, that kind of stuff happened more often. Is it right? No, you know, but that's always, again, that's a thing in wrestling. There's, there's been those things in wrestling. The guy apologized. He was crying his eyes out when he apologized. I was kind of shocked because... Honestly, I thought everybody in Shakara was gay from the shows I did around <laughs> with them. I mean, I shouldn't say that, but no, I did. Like yeah. when the, all this shit come out, like me and my wife. So this is this. So we got to be Shakara fans, and a show down here in Alabama, Pro South Wrestling. Uh, the guy that run the show is a big Shakara fan. And I said, hey, they come down to like North Carolina and do shows. Do you want me to reach out and see if they might would want to come to Alabama to do a Shakara show at your building? And he's like, sure. So I reached out to Quackenbush and was able to work out a deal. They came down. And so we saw all the behind the scenes of Chikara that day, which ruined it for my <laughs> wife. My wife's like, well, now that I've seen them all without the mask and the fact that they practice the matches all the way through 10 uh, times before they have them, I'm not yeah. really as big a fan. Right. But that's a side, that's a side note. <laughs> right. But anyway, my takeaway was, these guys are all gay, but you know, like Seinfeld, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with right. that. That's business, whatever. But when all these accusations come out a couple of days ago, my wife's like, "Holy shit! Did you hear him say that Mike, Mike Quackenbush used homophobic language?" And I'm like, "Yeah." She's like, "I thought all those guys were gay," and I'm like, yeah, right. "I did too." But again, shut the company down. Like, can the guy not apologize and? And then apparently on a trip one time, one of the guys exposed their genitals to one of the female trainees. Well, come on. If you get in a busload of male wrestlers going on a road trip, somebody's going to expose their genitals. I'm not saying it's right. <laughs> I'm not justifying it. But you know it's going to happen. We all know that's going to happen. Right. It's but the like, company has to be shut down now? Right. Like, really? It's kind of like filling out a job application to be a carnival worker and then like a year in going, I didn't know all these people were on meth. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, come on. I don't on. have teeth now because of these guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm suing. Well, yeah. I mean, and, and the, here's the flip side. You know, you like you said, not victim blaming, but we've been in the wrestling business. You know, I wrestled for 12 years or so, and you would see these females that would come through and would use guys as a stepping stone, which mm -hmm. I don't think is right either. I don't think that it should be allowed that, oh, now this, like, there's one in mind that I can think of, and Josh, you've probably if you search our show hard enough, you'll tell. She's pretty big. Uh, she's pretty big name. Pretty now. big name now, and she's married to a wrestler that's a pretty big name now. But when they were she's, even in the news last year, <laughs> yeah. But when she started, I watched her. She actually moved here and was dating a guy because he had access to a wrestling school. So she moved here from the West Coast and lived with him. And then kind of you, she jumped to another guy. She was flirting with every guy in the wrestling school that could, you know, help her out, get rides to wherever she would just use people up until she got to the top dog in Memphis. I mean, like I said, 
and there was dating going on there and she was signed to like this developmental contract. And then all of a sudden she broke up with that guy and that contract was pulled away quickly. Uh, and then I lost where she went and whatever until she popped back up a year or two ago. But I would say she should probably sue. (laughs) I'm very shocked that that hasn't come out. But when you look back at it, when you're like from where I was looking at it from my standpoint, like I hated her because she even got to the point where we would show up to set up the ring. I've been in wrestling for 10 years and I'm helping set up the ring and she's sitting over there flirting with some guy and nobody's saying anything because she's a she. Uh, No. And Get your ass up. You help exactly. set up the ring too, bitch. Uh, so, yeah. so yeah, I mean, there is the flip side of that coin and it's... It's just, I mean, like I said, I'm not taking anything away. If you did something wrong, great. But if you're hanging out in a wrestling locker room and you see somebody's balls, they've got to get dressed somewhere. They're in a wrestler's locker room. Now, it's up to that wrestler to say, hey, you mind stepping out? I'm going to get dressed. And it's up to her, if she's not part of the show, just to step out. You know, we were talking on the phone yesterday about this whole thing that you're talking about. You've ran women out of the locker room. You said, hey, I got to get dressed. Get out. Yeah, I'm fat. And you know, I don't want anybody seeing my balls, but you, my doctor, and my wife. <laughs> well, not you. Not you. My doctor and my wife. That's the only two. And maybe Josh. <laughs> no. But he's got to see those things sometimes. No, no, I mean, no, no. You don't really see them when they're on your chin. <laughs> <laughs> you, my friend, can go fuck yourself. But we've had one other, uh, one other big thing in wrestling that has just grabbed the wrestling world, it seemed. And I can't believe that uh, she's being uh, considered for what she's being considered now. But Tessa Blanchard, man, um, the whole thing with her over this past weekend to where um, she was Impact Wrestling's yeah. world heavyweight champion, not fem- you know women's champion, world right. heavyweight champion. She's been the world champ for the past six months. And um, ever since the coronavirus, things have got a little hairy, you know. But they've been asking her, hey, send us a goddamn uh, interview from your iPhone or whatever. Right. We Do just something. Want, we just want some promos. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Wouldn't contact them back. For, well, to hear them say it. That's what, yeah. you know, what's been happening. But, um, you know, apparently, like, I, I guess when we're recording this now, a couple of days ago, they released her. They put it out on uh, all their social media outlets that Tessa Blanchard's been let go. We're going to do something else for the world title. I mean, now we're hearing that WWE is looking to hire her, you know, and. Which is crazy considering well, yeah, because, what came out a couple of months ago. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. In, <laughs> in these uh, delicate, uh, very sensitive times, the allegations that came out about her, and this just wasn't one person. Right. It was pointing the finger. It was, it was like, the mob. It was a fucking, I mean, a, a, a standoff almost with at least 15 different uh, women and men in the industry after she texted, or not texted, tweeted a certain tweet that said, Hey, women in the wrestling business need to stay together. Try supporting each other. Good things happen, and they lit her ass <laughs> up. <laughs> what do you think about all that? Now, how, how do you think that WWE is going to try to, if if they are in fact interested in her, how are they going to try to play off of this? I mean, she's legit a former world heavyweight champ. I mean, it's Impact. I mean, what, <laughs> right? You know, but uh, you know, in, in my eyes, Impact's gotten a little bit better in the past few years. But still, I mean, it's like being the biggest guy in the fucking uh, VFW in Trenton or whatever, you know. But, I mean, what do you think about all this? I, you know, I don't know what to think about Like, I haven't I haven't watched any Impact in a long, long time. Um, 
I used to I used to hold out hope for it for years, and yeah. uh, I think the final straw is when they brought in like Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards and them, and just didn't do shit with them, and then all of a sudden it turned into WCW the reunion, and I just quit. But yeah. um, I wasn't a fan of her winning the world title uh, in in Impact. I, I wasn't a fan of the indie matches where she's having competitive matches with freaking Brian Cage. Right. Um, it just doesn't make sense. It's like, just beat us over the head with wrestling's wrestling's fake, you know, but, um, I am, I am sort of perplexed that, you know, like you said, all the, uh, allegations and things that were said about her in recent months for WWE to be considering her is kind of surprising, but I guess it's just a matter of like, you know, uh, Becky Lynch decided to go have a baby and rumor is Charlotte's going away for a few months for yeah. whatever reason. And, you know, she's got that pedigree and, and that built in name. So uh, I guess maybe they're just willing to overlook all that and, and hope for the best. Cause I mean, they're, they're desperate for a hit right now in WWE. God knows. Yeah. yeah if you look at just ratings wise, my God, they've been fucking drowning these past few months i mean i think they got a 0.5 on smackdown or something i mean that is yeah and and they might have to cancel some shows because of the coronavirus outbreaks and you know yeah. the funny thing about that is i saw where aew had, somebody had come out and said why is an aew canceling shows well according to the report i read last night they have to keep up with original content or they could be canceled right like no no ifs ands or buts tnt has like this thing where they have to produce original content um Hey, I tell you what, off of wrestling subject, do either one of y'all follow? I know Josh, you used to follow. Uh Gene, do you follow UFC at all? I haven't in a long time. I really haven't. I used to be a huge fan. My brother is a you know, used to be a huge fan. My dad loves it. Like when I go home to visit my parents, my dad sits for two hours and fills me in on everything that's right. going on. But <laughs> so what's what's going on in UFC? Well, last night there was a funny thing that was trending. You know, they've been doing these weekend fights on ESPN. And I've been watching them because they've been pretty good. We, you know, we got ESPN. You know, we did that subscription bundle. You get Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus for like, you know, $10, whatever a month. So we got that bundle, and I've been watching it. Well, last night, Herb Dean, the referee, uh, was trending. And the picture that came out when you looked him up on Twitter was it was basically he was pulling the guy off of an unconscious opponent. And when he did, they they caught it just in the right moment where it looks like he's giving him a DDT. <laughs> so everybody is tweeting, Herb Dean, Herb Dean, oh my God. And then somebody said, Herb Dean turns heel after, <laughs> after the winner of the match gets DDT'd by him. So all these people are tweeting about Herb Dean turning heel and it looks like he's giving him the DDT. Well, well, he should have hop- popped his ass up and held his hand in the air when both of them were knocked yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it wasn't even that vicious. But here's the funny thing. Twitter's algorithm, how they looked at his name, they looked at Herb Dean, and for some reason they categorized that a certain way. Josh, what does it say Herb Dean was trending as last night? Food. <laughs> <laughs> so Herb Dean was trending as food topics because Twitter wow. looked at Herb and read it Herb, and he was <laughs> Herb Dean. <laughs> Herb Dean. Love it. You never know what's going to catch on Twitter, do you? I mean, it could just be the silliest thing. And then is it is it just me? Now, I do two things in life. 
when I watch an old story, an old show like Old Yeller or something, I look at that show, or even like something from the 90s, like Full House with that dog, that comet dog. Anytime I see an old show with a dog, the first thing in my head goes, I bet that dog's dead. Knowing that dog is dead, that do- there's no way that dog's yeah. alive. And then the other thing is, when I see anybody trending on Twitter, I'm like, oh my God, they're dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's always or they or now they're being outed. Like I saw Betty White was yeah. yeah, but I saw Betty White was trending like a couple weeks ago. I was like, well, that's it. She finally kicked the bucket. And then you click on it, and she's like, oh, she did a hula hoop challenge or something crazy or something. But yeah, you never know what's going to catch on like that. Absolutely. I've learned to assume every time I see online that somebody died, that they probably actually died like six years ago and it's just being reposted again. <laughs> right. It's like, did y'all know Chuck Norris is dead? And I'm like, no. And then he was you, just inconvenienced. Yeah. <laughs> and he rose from the dead. Um, I got another story here, Josh, that we didn't get to last week, but, um, uh, so the, the Las Vegas, now the Las Vegas Raiders, Gene, do you follow football? I don't. Okay. Well, well, that's fine. This is a story not really about football, so you can still chime in. Uh, Los Los Angeles or the Los Angeles Raiders. Geez, they hadn't been that since 94. The Oakland Raiders are moving again. They moved from Oakland to Los Angeles back to Oakland in the 90s, and they've been there for a while, but they're the only team that plays in this baseball stadium. So they asked the city to buy them a new stadium. They said no. Las Vegas wanted a team. Vegas petition, whole rigmarole, they got the Oakland Raiders. So Las Vegas is starting their season this year with a football team if the season kicks off. Uh, But in order to do this stadium, they have to do certain things to make it uh, official. So the Raiders this week, the Raiders stadium passed the super flush test. It's the the first the NFL announced that 2021 Pro Bowl was leaving Orlando for the Raiders new stadium. And now we know all of its toilets work at the same time is what the article says. Uh, So basically what they had to do was hire a bunch of people to go into the stadium. And they had like a a CB radio going five, four, three, two, one. And everybody had to flush the toilets. God, I thought you were going to say they had to hire a bunch of people to take a dump and you just flush it at one time. That's the real test. Yeah, I mean, all right, everybody over here, you're going to eat nachos. You are going to eat some uh, steaks. What what gives you really bad, heavy stools? Let's see. Uh, uh, Taco eat, Bell. Taco Bell. <laughs> like they're sitting there. All right. Uh, contestants, uh, uh, workers 43 through 44. Thousand, please come up and grab your bag of Taco Bell. <laughs> Report to your bathroom. Uh, Make an event day, get Taco Bell to sponsor it. I didn't Fuck. know this was a thing. I mean, it makes sense, right? But I didn't know this was a thing. Well, I yeah, mean, I mean, I guess you have to test that out. But it's one of those things you know you don't think about it until you hear about it, and you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, I've I've had worse jobs. Yeah, so they had they they basically there that's a total of one thousand four hundred and thirty toilets and urinals all flushed while the sinks in two hundred and ninety seven restrooms were on to see if the plumbing <laughs> system was up to the stress of sixty five thousand fans. Here's the question. What if it failed? <laughs> exactly. I was just about to say, now let's look at the inverse of that when you know, 600 of them start to backwash and overflow in the, you know, then what? <laughs> Get a little you got to wait an extra year to start the season. Yeah. I mean, 
that was the thing. Like, you know, we have the Titans here, <laughs> and the Titans played in Memphis for a while before they actually came to the stadium. But like I said, I didn't know this was a thing. I didn't know that. But like you said, I mean, I guess they would have to do this to make sure everything was on the up and up. Uh, but but yeah, that just that just seemed like a crazy story to me. It is, I must say. Well, Matt, and I found it interesting, despite the fact I'm not a football fan. So yeah, I mean, I, well, our show That's is a lot just, of dumps, man. If our show, if you if you listen to it, Gene, is just dick jokes and shit jokes and toilet humor. And um, we work in wrestling sometimes, <laughs> and, that, and that's why I'm a fan. It, it started. Why I'm a fan. It started out as uh, wrestling. We we went hardcore with wrestling for about what about six months, and then uh, I, it's gotten a lot better since we don't drink during the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I drink beer, not whiskey. Now. Yeah, we used to do this show where uh, we would do like segments. So like we would we would cut an opening segment where we were doing the the whole show open and everything. And we would file that away and do another opening. And then we would do ending segments. So like after the commercial break, this is what we're coming back to. So we would have a hodgepodge of material that we would join together. Well, well, because we only got certain recording yes. opportunities till we got the studio. Made. Right. It was, it was like the old WCW worldwide. We had to record all of our <laughs> shows when we had them. And, you know, even though this guy hasn't won the tag team titles yet, He's already lost them on the show storyline because we've got to record when we can record. So there are some episodes out there that we start out where I'm like, hi, this is Richard Mulligan along with Josh Brawley, blah, 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 blah. And we're all, we're hitting our cues. We're doing perfect. We're talking about it. Now let's go to commercial break and we come back and it's another month and it's at the end of the night and it's like, oh, back to P3 radio. <laughs> <laughs> and you're drunk, you're, oh, you're drunk Ricky Morton. Yeah. Let me tell you what's wrong with Blade these days, motherfucker. <laughs> I fed my fucking kids with that. Shit, motherfucker! You tell all those people. You tell all those people. They can go to hell. I'll kill my business. <laughs> oh man! But hey, one more time, tell everybody where they can find your podcast and uh, how they can listen to it and what it's called. Okay, so for years and years and years, I started a podcast in 2007, uh, way back before every motherfucker that ever laced up a pair of wrestling boots had a podcast. <laughs> Um, and so it was cheap heat radio and that rocked on for a while, which eventually evolved into, uh, locals to legends wrestling radio. Um, and the reason, and I, I got too many stories to tell, but I, this is quick. Uh, the reason I changed the name from cheap heat radio to locals to legends wrestling radio is I tried to book Percy Pringle while he was still alive. <laughs> yeah. It'd be a bitch to get him now. <laughs> um, tried to book him on the show. And he told me that he would not do my podcast because he didn't believe in exposing the business. And he didn't like my smart name of the podcast. And that just fucking floored me. So yeah. eventually I changed the name. And anyway, his so name I did was that show Paul Bearer. <laughs> His name I was did that Paul show Bearer. off and on until just this past year. And it, it just got to be such a, a, there's so many, there's just so many goddamn podcasts. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I'm, I'm done with this. So I wrapped up that one. I still do the one with BT, you know, mm -hmm. we, we, we talked about earlier, STS dot club. Yep. Uh, was it really that good? And usually it's not, uh, the pot, not, not the podcast, but the shows we cover. <laughs> <laughs> no offense. Uh, but now I'm starting this new one, the Whitey Jenkins, uh, like I said, it's, he, he, he revels in being one of these outlaw, outlaw mud show wrestlers that Jim Cornette hates. Uh, so again, as a parody of Ron Fuller's stud cast, it's Whitey Jenkins mud cast. 
um, <laughs> hosted by Smooth Pleasing, and you can find it at mudcast.club. Uh, the first, the debut show is going to be happening uh, this Wednesday, July the 1st. Uh, if anybody cares to hear any more of my, my bullshit, uh, you can go to facebook.com slash jeanjackson95. Um, also, that's my Twitter. That's my Instagram. All that is jeanjackson95. If you want to be friends with Whitey Jenkins and read his bullshit, uh, you can go to facebook.com slash whiteyjenkinsrassler. Uh, all <laughs> run together there. And Memphis Monroe was killed off last year, so he's not around anymore. So. <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> I said that. I, he, Izzy Rotten asked me about bringing uh, Memphis Monroe to Boonville, and I said, no, Memphis is dead. <laughs> and he put, no, Memphis is retired. I said, no, motherfucker, nobody retires in wrestling, so he's dead. <laughs> he's like, huh, you got a point. <laughs> you got to get some kind of resurrection gimmick going on or something. <laughs> Oh, you let, one the, uh, guys, let one of the out-of-work Chikara guys, let one of the out-of-work Chikara guys... With a Ouija with board. The, yeah, some kind yeah. of fucking snake charmer gimmick thing going on. I want to... Uh, one, one of the things I want to do with Whitey Jenkins in IWA Deep South is I want to mock... Even though, I mean, love the guy, respect the guy, he's a legend. But I, I really want to mock The Undertaker. Like, every match Whitey Jenkins has, he's going to leave half his gear in the fucking ring. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the time he gets to the back, he's going to cut a promo on his phone, like... I got to do one more show, man. That just ain't the match. That just ain't the match, man. I didn't even take a bump in that match. Fuck. Go through it all again. Oh. Well, be sure to go check out his podcast with BT over there called Is It Really That? Was It Really That Good? Uh, Man, Gene, thanks for being a part of P3 Radio today. Man, it's been a blast. I love the show. You guys are awesome. And uh, any time you need somebody to come and and, uh, fill up a bunch of space i'm the guy because as you can see I've, I've got useless stories for every occasion so i'll always be always be more than happy to come back and, and plug my shit and and kill some time but you guys are a blast you guys uh one of my favorite podcasts out there good stuff had a little hiccup with the exit music there <laughs> with josh it was really fun talking with gene jackson this week um super super fun guy you know Hell yeah, I had a blast. Don't even feel like we did anything at yeah. all, brother. I mean, but I'm going to tell them what they can do. Yes. Is they can go on over to our social media and follow us and get in touch with us. On Twitter, we are at P3 Radio, the number one. On Facebook, put in your search bar Pop Poncho and you're bound to see our picture. And if you want to get with us the old school way, send us a text or leave us a voicemail. Hell, we might play it on the show. You never know. Phone number 731 300 6675. That's going to do it for us. For Josh Brawley, this has been Richard Mulligan saying thanks for listening and good night.